Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. everyone this <clears throat> this is Friday October 20th 2017 and sorry for the late delay ladies and gentlemen we were experiencing some technical <clears throat> some technical difficulties <clears throat> but we are back on here of course this is of course episode number 404 of the mothership broadcast of the WWS radio network right here on talkshoot.com this is WCWS revolution once again, I am Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you as we, of course, will go a little bit past our normal time here and go from, <clears throat> we'll go between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. and midnight tonight uh, so because, like I said, of the unexpected delay, we're supposed to start at 9 o'clock, but due to the unexpected, like I said, technical difficulty, we just now have gotten on the air here and <clears throat> things are rocking and rolling here once again as we, of course, get reset and set, set and get ready to talk about our Primary topic here of choice, professional wrestling. Of course, here I have right now at this time the ice, I mean, I'm sorry, the human suplex machine, John Gross. On the chat box here tonight, we bring you the rest of history and birthdays. John, of course, is a 2000, the first 2016, if you will, WWS Hall of Famer. And, of course, part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. John, welcome. Uh, hopefully, momentarily, we'll be joined by the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, 
Uh, and since he's not yet arrived, I will be bringing some of the rest of the news and views here this evening. In addition to all that, of course, there's a lot to talk about here in the news, but in addition to all that, we'll be talking about, <clears throat> of course, uh, some uh, some more uh, in the list here of the 100 uh, best matches here, of course, but that was posted on WWE Network back in February of this year. And we will go ahead and we will read some more off and get everyone's thoughts and opinions on those matches there. Our live video feed here tonight comes from our group dedicated to Georgia Championship Wrestling, GCWS, Beginning of a Dream. If you'd like to join us from from that group here tonight, it is uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash GCWS, Beginning Beyond, if you'd like to join us there. <clears throat> also, of course, our regular method, 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything we have to talk about here uh, this evening. While John gets up our while John gets up our wrestling history and birthdays here, I will go ahead and bring you some uh, some uh, quick news stories here. Of course, there is, um, and ladies and gentlemen, we do have some we do have some uh, news pertaining to WWE TLC. There uh, was some announcements made through WWE.com uh, earlier today about some possible changes here in several matches that are set to take place here on Sunday. And there no doubt are some of our guys are probably going to have to change going to have to change their uh some of their uh predictions here based on based on uh those uh on those changes right there. Let's go ahead and um of course, go through 411 Mania. And let's go ahead and start with our first story here. Today coming from Jeremy Thomas at 411 Mania. Of course, I said friends of the WWS Radio Network. Of course, our also close friends of our own Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. Um, and uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and see what he has to say right here. Uh, of course, now this is one of the changes we were talking about for WWE TLC. And I uh, won't even read the uh, byline here. I'll just go ahead and just get right into the story here. Former WWE World Champion AJ Styles says that he is ready to face Finn Balor in their just announced match at WWE TLC. Styles is replacing Bray Wyatt in the match due to medical concerns over a viral illness going around. WWE released a new video where Styles comments on the new match. And, of course, the video is on this is on uh, the page here for this story. <clears throat> of course, I've stalled Styles talking about the match. The SmackDown star says that he's having a great time repping his brand in South America and stands by the fact that SmackDown is a lot of opportunity. However, he's also seen every moment of it, and that's why he's going to TLC. Styles says that most, that most people thought they'd see him face Balor at a different time. He says he's fought demons his whole life, so Balor better get ready for the phenomenal one. And TLC is still scheduled to take place this Sunday from Houston, Texas, and will air, of course, on pay-per-view, of course, obviously through the WWE Network. Uh, <clears throat> And let's see here. Uh, of course, uh, 
Breaking right here at AJ Styles Orb response to the major WWE TLC shakeup. Uh, of course, coming from at WWE on today here, uh, October the 20th. Uh, another story here, kind of making the rounds here today. I do thank the Iceman here, D. Geronimo, for bringing me up to date on several stories that have popped up here. Of course, like I said, some regarding some changes with the TLC pay per view, some regarding uh, some. Uh, some big time, uh, some big time situations here involving uh, several key superstars here. <clears throat> Jeremy Thomas reports once again: Kevin Owens' exit from Argentina tour is due to family reasons. Kevin Owens' exit from the Argentina tour is due to family reasons, according to a new report. Owens went home from the tour, and Sports Kitty reports that the exit was not due to illness reasons, unlike the illness that caused the TLC car to be shifted. According to the site, Owens had a family situation that was unavoidable. The site notes that Owens is still in good standing with the company and everything was approved by WWE officials. Owens is still, quotation marks, 100% dedicated to the company who are understanding that family comes first in this situation. WWE sent out an announcement after Owens left the tour, which read, Kevin Owens left Buenos Aires today and will not appear at the remaining live events in Argentina and Chile this weekend. WWE.com has learned. Though Owens did perform at Luna Park. Excuse me here. Let me try to pull this up here. Uh, For Thursday night's live event in Buenos Aires, he has left before the remaining live event date scheduled in Argentina for tonight. And, of course, at the Movie Star Arena in Santiago, Chile, this Friday and Saturday due to personal reasons. Let's see if we have any more, of course, regarding this story. That is pretty, that, that is, that is pretty much it for, for that right there. Let's... Um, Let's see what else we have going on here. Jeremy Thomas wants to get reports here, some WWE news, a couple stories here. Uh, Dolph Ziggler says he's not treated poorly by SmackDown, and now there is also not a fan poll on the new matches lined up for TLC. Let me go ahead and read this first off from Dolph Ziggler. says, Dolph Ziggler discussed his booking on SmackDown in a new Twitter Q&A. You can see a couple of responses below right here, of course, uh, on the page right here. Ziegler Mox reports that he was planning to leave WWE when his contract expires this month and said that he's not treated poorly by SmackDown, noting, I'm booked every week, I just lose most of the matches, that's on me. <clears throat> uh, a, a Twitter user by the name of hashtag um, uh, uh, at KMC4201992 back on the 18th of this month says, when are you retiring? Hashtag, please retire. 
Twitter and and Dolph says Twitter told me October, but here we are. I'm not being treated poorly by SmackDown. I'm booked every week. I just lose most of the matches. Like I said, that's on me. So there you go. Here's a Dolph Ziggler pun on my first day in WWE for a little while at least. WWE has posted a new fan poll on the newly set matches at TLC. The poll asks, which of these new WWE TLC matches are you most excited to see? As of this writing, the results are the following. AJ Styles, of course, filling in for, for Bray Wyatt, taking on Finn Balor, uh, 54% in this poll. And now, of course, the announcement that was made that Raw General Manager Kurt Angle is going to get back in the ring as he now will team up, taking the place of Roman Reigns, again, uh, teaming up with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus, of course, The Miz, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Kane. Which is which? Which, which, like I said, is forty-six percent. So people are more looking forward to seeing the AJ, seeing AJ take on Finn Balor now than they are seeing Kurt Angle return to the ring. Apparently, so we're just going to have to wait and see what happens here with this. And like I said, we have a couple more stories here. We'll we'll bring it. We'll bring here to you. Uh, Jeremy Thomas once once again on the roll here. As she, as he says here, Nia Jax returning to WWE for European tour leave of absence story has been overblown. Apparently, let's see what we have here. Nia Jax is reportedly returning to WWE in time for their European tour, and the leave of absence story has been overblown. The Wrestling Observer reports that Jax is simply resting up until the tour, which begins on November the first. Jax was allowed time off though she isn't figured into many major storylines, and those close to her say that stories about her asking for a leave of absence or is unhappy with the situation and pay are untrue. Jax was not at Raw, so the story of her walking out of Raw is also untrue. According to the site, lack of information has caused the story of Jax's time off to get out of proportion to the actual situation. Alexa Bliss told the New York Post that Jax was taking time off due to the grueling schedule that will, quotation marks, absolutely be back. So apparently the whole situation involving Nia Jax was was completely, as I said, and their words, overblown here. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, Ashish at 411 Mania reports this story here today. Drew, that Drew McIntyre, Ric Flair, Matt Hardy, and others react to the news that Kurt Angle is returning to the ring at WWE TLC. Let's see what let's see what this the story here is. This, this is all about, courtesy of, of of course one one of 411 Mania's newest guys, Ashish. Many WWE stars have reacted to the news that Kurt Angle will return to the ring at WWE TLC. Booker T says on his Twitter account, oh, shucky ducky, quack, quack. Uh, Drew McIntyre says this has sent the at WWE NXT tour bus into meltdown. 
And uh, and Ric Flair simply just says, Woo! And I believe a Facebook post about six hours ago. Uh, Matt Hardy also says here, I'll be monitoring this match very closely. I'm actually thrilled that at real Kurt Angle gets to perform in a W in a at WWE ring again. He so deserves it. <clears throat> James Ellsworth, of course, as JD calls him, the nerd, uh, says today, hope all the guys get better soon. Till then, the hashtag WWE Universal gets set for the return of at real Kurt Angle and a dream match at AJ Styles Org at Finn Balor. <clears throat> Let's see who else we have here. Liv Morgan from NXT says, Kurt Angle competing in a WWE ring again is, and and all is right in the world. And Corey Graves also says, <coughs> so Sister Abigail turned Bray into at AJ Styles org. I volunteer for possession. Also, at Real Kurt Angle is back. What is life? At WWE, at WWE hashtag WWE TLC. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody here is you know kind of hyped up here with the with the, with the news here that, like I said, Kurt Angle. Uh, of course, like I said, for those of you who have not heard, as we mentioned here before, the two matches affected by. By uh, apparently this uh, illness, according to what according to our own Iceman told us here earlier today, uh, it was some, possibly some sort of viral meningitis. Apparently, it affected several superstars, and, and now we have heard, of course, Bray Wyatt was affected. Though Dallas apparently was was possibly the one that kind of kind of sparked the whole thing. Uh, backstage announcer JoJo, I think, was another. Um, I do believe, and even Roman Reigns was also a victim of this as well. So, so as a result on this, So apparently, like I said, that's 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 the cause for the the whole change. Ashish also reports here tonight. Kurt Angle comments on returning to the ring at WWE TLC. As we report, as was reported here earlier, Kurt Angle is set to re- return to the ring at WWE TLC on Sunday, replacing Roman Reigns in the main event. He will team with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose against The Miz, Cesaro, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Kane. Angle posted the following to Instagram <clears throat> reacting to the news. This is what Kurt Angle posted on Instagram, like we said. Just give me here while I try to. I try to get this. Uh... He says, "Is it true? Oh, it's oh, it's <clears throat> true. 
Your Olympic hero will be wrestling alongside. Uh, will be wrestling alongside the Shield at hashtag TLC this Sunday. Be sure to watch. Hashtag Your Olympic Hero is back. So. Apparently, ladies and gentlemen, the wrestling news scene here has been pretty much dominated by this situation here, of course, with this illness that has affected, as we said, several WWE superstars, and of course, has taken, and of course, two that was scheduled to compete in different matches at TLC, apparently was uh, has been taken out of the equation, and like we said here before, just to reiterate one more time that. <clears throat> As we as we reported here before, Roman Reigns apparently out due to due to illness. Uh, so, current like we said, the Raw General Manager Kurt Angle will be taking his place, teaming up with the tag team champions Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins against the five man contingent, like we said, of the Miz, Cesaro, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Kane, and SmackDown superstar AJ Styles. Is will be will be competing at TLC as he will replace Bray Wyatt as he takes on as AJ Styles will now face uh, the Demon Finn Balor and and one more story here not related to this situation here of course another big story that has made the rounds here just recently I'm sure as everyone heard current WWE World Heavyweight Champion Jinder Mahal or who's the main champion on SmackDown has challenged WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar to a champion versus champion match at Survivor Series coming up in several weeks. So, so hopefully we can get this. Forgive me here, ladies and gentlemen, while we try to pull this up. And I also see now on the line that we have <clears throat> the First Lady of Wrestling, of course, the Black Widow, of course, part of WWS Attitude Radio, as well as WWS Wrestling Debate. Uh, also, <clears throat> um, I'll say in a minute, GFW Main Event, and also... Um, WWS Women's Revolution, of course, is part of all of our shows here in the radio network. First 2015 WWS Hall of Famer. She is, of course, the one and only, the lovely, lovely, the M to the L to the D. Miss Michelle Lynn Dodd has now joined us. Uh, Michelle, welcome to a, I got to say, a very late edition, uh, episode 404 of Revolution. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a technical difficulty, and that's why I didn't start it until ten o'clock. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, <clears throat> so that's why JD's not on here yet. So that's why I was reading a little bit of the news here, uh, and I'll get to John's birthdays here in just a moment. Um, one more story here I got to bring up here, of course. Uh, of course, pretty much what's dominating the whole thing is the fact that. 
now, uh, and I'll get your take on just a minute here, Michelle. But uh, <clears throat> of course, one thing dominating the news scene right now is the fact that uh, several WWE superstars are out due to illness, and two matches at TLC has been affected as a direct result. And I'll get your result. We're talking about it here in just a moment. But one more quick story here before we do that. Uh, coming from Jeremy Thomas at 411 Mania. Survivor Series promos to use old pay-per-view name in pushing interbrand rivalry. Hmm. Let's see here. <clears throat> A new report suggests that the promotional spots for Survivor Series will use an old pay-per-view name to push the inter- interbrand rivalry. PW Insider reports that the promos will push the rivalry between Raw and SmackDown claim they are fighting for bragging rights. I do remember I do remember the pay-per-view called that. Bragging rights was the name of the pay-per-view that ran in 2009-2010, which was built specifically out of the brand split for interbrand matches. So far, the only match that is notably set for the card is the Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar bout. That match is not yet official, but Mahal issued the challenge on SmackDown, and Lesnar and Paul Heyman will respond Monday on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, that pushes the rivalry as it's featuring the top champions from each brand facing off. Uh, <clears throat> and that's all of the news I got here for, for today, but before we go into uh, before we go into anything else here, uh, I've got to get your take here, uh, Michelle, here first off on the on the situation here regarding um, this il- this uh, situation here with this illness that has uh, that has kind of um, affected several, of course, two two matches at TLC, <clears throat> and uh, and the fact is that of course now that they have, of course now since replaced replaced. Um, Super superstars here with uh, current uh, with, uh, with 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 um, with others here. Your take on everything here that has transpired here going in towards TLC. Um, I I heard that it was um, a viral meningitis. Yes, that's what I heard as well. It takes a good while to get out of your system, so that really sucks, and I think that they should probably postpone the pay-per-view. Do you think they, they, that despite the fact that they had to revamp two matches, that you feel that they should have, not, should have just canceled it altogether? Well, yeah, because, I mean, the superstars can't help that they got sick, and, it, and it's fair, unfair for them to miss it, really. Right. Um, what is your take about Kurt Angle returning to Kurt Angle returning to the ring to team up with the Shield versus his five man contingent? I mean, I'm excited about it because I'm, I'm a big fan of his, but I just don't want him to hurt himself more than he needs to. Right. And your take about AJ Styles taking over for Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor? That's going to be a hell of a match. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt here. Um, and the report that I just mentioned here 
um, your your response first off to the uh, situ to the uh, to the possibility that uh, that you know what you think the response might be from Brock and Paul Heyman concerning the challenge made by Jinder Mahal for Survivor Series. Uh, knowing Brock like I do and been a fan of his since day one, he's not going to turn down that challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the report just made here that they're going to use something based on like uh, what they call the bragging rights based on the pay-per-view that they did a few years back. Uh, your take on this, uh, using this, you know, possibly if, you know, this if this match goes down. I, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, anything to... To keep the hype up for the fans, I guess. Certainly, certainly. And I do see we got a couple more folks popping in here on the line. Um, first off, here coming in here on our live video feed from GCWS, beginning of a dream. I do see uh, 2016 Hall of Famer and multiple title holder in Revolution Reborn. The last kicker, Anne Marie Rickenbach, has now joined us there. And welcome. And I do see that we finally have, I think, our main man here. Uh, let's speak. Let's let let's let him speak up and let's see who we that that is. Who let we me think speak on this. Let me speak on this. Oh Lord. Uh, okay, Conan. Whatever you say. <laughs> All the way. All the way. Yeah. This is the Iceman JD Jared Geronimo, of course, coming in. Uh, he's a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, and also, of course, uh, part of the team that brings you already every Monday afternoon on Talk <laughs> Uh, JD, we had to start late due to a possible to a. We thought we were going to have another talk shoe situation like we did back in August, because for some odd reason the call would not it would not let me come into the call. Apparently, I got in on the chat box, but I couldn't get in on the call. In on the but call. after about maybe ten attempts, I finally was able to get it working. JD, so, uh, hi Michelle. Hi, um, you need to quote Eli Drake. It's let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. <laughs> well, okay. I think I think that's the big question is, however, after what has happened in the last 48 hours, literally. Yes, and and, and before I get to John, John's got a ton of history. I'm going to read it because, guys, what we're going to do is, do is depend upon if y'all's phones can hold up, we're going to go into midnight. But I'm still going to make this thing two hours because I delayed it for about an hour because of this situation. And I was like coming in from the game, Howard, and uh, we lost our senior night game in one of the wildest, crazy endings you'll ever see, our 21-13. So our playoff chances are pretty much up in the air. Okay. I asked Michelle these questions, J.D. Let me get your take on this. Because I just now got through doing some news off the floor of the Mania. They have a lot to talk about. First, first question overall, uh, your take on the – fact that Kurt Angle is coming in to wrestle in place of Roman Reigns on Sunday and AJ Styles coming in to take, to take over for Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor on Sunday. First off, your take on these two matches. First off, as far as the AJ Styles thing goes, I was shocked when I heard the news this afternoon when I first heard it, how I got to hold of you and then I talked to Michelle and then John, and then Anel, and I haven't talked to Anel quite yet, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, AJ was supposed to be on the SmackDown tour this week in South America, and somehow, someway now, he's flying all the way back up from South America to fill in for uh, Bray, and we still don't know how long Bray's going to be out along with Bo Dallas, I mean, they're still battling this very serious health issue, however, and that's the big question right now, how much time is he going to miss 
if anything, however, you know, however, and uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, but uh, time only tell. And then, of course, I mentioned it to Michelle also, and I told you about this. And, Michelle, I don't know if you saw this or not, however, that there was, I mean, however, if you saw it, Chad, the whole thing with Sami Zayn, however, cursing out the fan in South America yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I, I did not. I did not get did not get to that one, but uh, but yeah, there was. A, I did read, however, that Kevin Owens, according to Kev, according to reports, that Kevin Owens was sent off because he had a personal situation. Yeah, but uh, that's what they're saying. The same thing with Roman. Uh, as far as Roman being out of the match for Sunday, I don't know who made that call and who decided. Maybe Kurt said. Hey, is it okay? I feel in your spot, or Roman maybe asked him how. Um, like I said, how, but uh, like I said, it, it's crazy how to see Kurt back in the ring this quickly. How hopefully the ring rust hasn't gotten to him, but we'll have to wait and see on Sunday. This changes everything. Okay, well, based on that here, I'm gonna ask JD and John this, and Michelle. I'm sure now you're probably gonna pause this a little bit more too since this change happened. Of course, it is still going to be a three-on-five handicap match at TLC, but based on the, based on this change now that Kurt Angle is going to be aligned with the tag team champions against Team Miz, uh, JD, who is who are you picking to win this match now? I still think Seth and Dean and Kurt do win this now because this changes the dynamic quite a bit, however, even though you still got two big, strong guys in Braun and Kane. But again, the thing is, Kurt, of course, could take care. And I know, Michelle, you're going to hate me for saying it, but he's going to take care of Miz and put Miz in his place, I feel. I mean, he could do it, or Seth's going to have to find a way to take down Kane because he's done it before, or he's going to have to find a way to beat the big, bad Braun Strowman. So we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. Now, as far as Finn and AJ goes, I think now you got to swing the momentum back to – I think you have to swing it over now to AJ. It's in his. The ball is in his court right now. Finn had a good thing going at this point, and I love Finn too, don't get me wrong, but I think now I'm going to have to change my pick and go with AJ because I think AJ coming in is a surprise to many. I don't know if it's a one-time thing or a one-night thing, but there has been talk they might want to put him back on Raw. You never know. Right, and let me it see. Uh, yes, Michelle. Don't make me whoop your ass on freaking live TV. <laughs> Do you oh, want? Are you going to? I, I, I asked uh, John and uh, them last night. However, and I know you were on a little bit. Came on a little late, but careful, little wager. Who me? You. No, I'll pass. What you said? You were going to take me out, like uh, you thought you could. Someone afraid? Don't worry, JD. No matter what, I'm still the queen. I know you are, but I just think I think you and I haven't had a bet in a while. I think this. I thought you would at least have a little redemption against me after I owned you pretty much a good bit for about the summer. I thought you would at least want to at least get one good looking you on me. Owned me? I think uh, I think I beat you a couple. I, I did beat you a couple. I did beat you a few times. Remember? I did beat you a few times. You beat me once. You beat me once. I'll give you that. You did beat me a couple times too. So we're almost dead even. This who, is and who has whooped your ass in trivia quite a few times, there, sir? You're right. I give you that, and I'm not knocking. You're doing okay great. then. But I just thought you would okay. have a little have a little fun with me and want to place a little wager in this match. I will. <laughs> I'll pass. All right. Okay, there, 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 there you go. There you go. There, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, well, uh, like I said, and I'll get John's response to this because I think he's still putting up some history. 
Let's go ahead and get to his history here because he's got a bunch he wants to burn. He's got a bunch to talk about here. And guys, y'all might remember a lot of this. Anyway, Michelle, this is a rare creeper you get to hear some history here. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and take care of this. Then we're gonna watch. We're gonna do some more of that list that I got up from WWE.com. Oh, cool. So yes, we're gonna do that too. Yes. <clears throat> let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, take care of this here. First off, here, 53 years ago today. That's a uh, way, way while back. Uh, we're gonna say about 1964. Wow, wow, back. Let me think. Yeah, right. Yeah, 64. You're right. Yep. Yep. Well, this one math is not that rusty. Uh, <laughs> Mad Dog Vashon defeated Vern Gagne to win the AWA World Heavyweight title. 33 years ago today, which would put it at 19, I do believe 1984, yes, in my, in my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina, where Starcade will be back once again uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and Bobby and I want to go see that. Oh, by the way, I've just heard, I'm not sure if I can confirm it yet, though, but there has been discussion now they're saying Paige might show up Sunday. Who? Paige. You talking about this? You talking about TLC? Uh huh. There's some early discussions about it. I've been hearing. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Let's go ahead and do finish up this. 1984 in Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh boy, I like it that John does this. Nasty Road, if you will. <laughs> and Tony Fernandez defeated Ivan Koloff and Don Kernodal to win the NWA World Tag Team titles. 21 years ago today would put it at ni- 1996. Yes, that was a great year. Uh, WWF presented In Your House 11, Buried Alive, from the Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. 9,649 were in attendance, with 136,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. In a free-for-all pre-show match, the Stalker defeated Justin Bradshaw, who we now know as JBL, in 20 minutes, the longest match on the card, including the post-show matches, believe it or not. Also featured the first-ever one-on-one encounter between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which we know him as Triple H. And despite the WF title being on the line in a dark match with Shawn Michaels and Goldust in a ladder match, this was the first time the WWF title wasn't defended since SummerSlam in 1991. Also, The Undertaker defeated Mankind in a Buried Alive match. This was the first ever Buried Alive match in WWF history. As Undertaker was set to bury Mankind alive some more, the executioner, who was a masked, the late Terry Gordy, made his WWF debut and would join in on the a massive beatdown and burial of The Undertaker with Mankind making his way out of the grave. This show ended with one of the most iconic images in wrestling history with Undertaker's purple gloves sticking out of the dirt. Boy, I remember that moment. (laughs) 17 years ago today, put it at 2000, WCW releases Bret Hart, who was subsequently announced his retirement. He made only a few appearances since suffering a concussion in a match against Goldberg the previous December. But following a scathing column in the Calgary, Calgary Sun newspaper from Hart attacking WCW's product, the company stopped using him altogether. His final appearance for the company was about six weeks prior to his release when he confronted Goldberg about his career-ending injury and Hart blocking a spear with a hidden steel plate. I remember that, too. Yeah, I remember that. Per what seemed to be standard operating procedure for WCW, he was fired via a FedEx letter. 
the same fate that met most famously Steve Austin and, of course, Ricky Steamboat. Boy, remember all that. Fifteen years ago today, put it at 2002, WWE presented No Mercy from the Alto Arena in Little Rock, Arkansas. 9,074 were in attendance with 300,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That is down from 325,000 for the 2001 event. Triple H would defeat Kane to unify the World Heavyweight and Intercontinental title. Win left Triple H the only male singles champion on Raw. The Intercontinental title wouldn't go away forever. It would return in May of 2003, and it has been contested ever since. Of course, I have, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin to thank for bringing that belt back. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit defeated Rey Mysterio and Edge to win the tag team titles. This was the first championship match for SmackDown's tag team belts. Today, WWE tag team... Sorry about that. Uh, Let's see. Today's WWE tag team titles uses this lineage. And before going further on with this, uh, JD and Michelle, please feel free to talk about yourselves for a moment. I do have to step away for just a, for just a minute. I will be right back. Okay. So, any other surprises that jump out at you for TLC Sunday now, Michelle? Any surprises? Any other surprises jump out at you? Mm, not that I can think of. Yeah. Me either. I'm just like I said. I mean, after what I've heard today, how what's been going on the last couple, like 48 hours, it's just it's been crazy. This is true. This 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 might be the craziest. Now I'm seeing all this stuff. However, that uh, I don't know if this, like I said, this is true or not. But they were talking about Paige maybe showing up on Sunday. It's like, hmm. Um, I can do without seeing her. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I don't know what they're going to do with her with her return. Though. That's the thing. What do you do with her upon her return? Make her attack Alexa, probably. Yeah. That, that 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 that's a good possibility. I can I can definitely see that. I mean, there's definitely some truth to that. However, um, uh, let me think. What else? Um, and we don't know when Nia Jax is coming back. However, I mean, I think she'll be out at least. And this is just me saying this now. I mean, I'd say at least a couple of weeks. I think she's gonna sit out a few weeks because she's either burnt out or she just needs to really get her. Uh, like just her energy back. I mean, I just I don't think she's feeling it right now. I think with what's been going on, however, I think she's really spent right now. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. That is the truth. There. That is the truth. It ought to be interesting. Yep. I mean, it would make sense to when she comes back. She's probably going to have to turn heel. Yeah, oh, definitely. I would have to agree that, too. No doubt about it. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah. And if, and if they don't, shame on them, you know. Well, I mean, you know, and, and if you think about it now, it would have made a wiser decision to make her frickin' sister Abigail instead of coming back as Paige, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think, uh, John, I think it was... What was it? I think it was 13... I think John mentioned in the history, I would think. I think it was 13 years ago today, however, it was the debut of Carlito. Sounds right to me. I don't know. Do without him, too. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a fan of him. No. 
I, I'm, I never have been. I've been a fan of his father. I mean, his father, Carlos Colon, was a hell of a wrestler back in the day. I mean, he had so many bloody good matches with that duel with the Butcher. Those were classic ones. Yeah, People but play. he was a real piece of shit to Rosa Mendez. Oh, God, yes. Yes, uh, 100% I would agree, yeah. Mm, let's see here. Just working I on some think stuff. that they should cancel the main event and make the main event Brock versus Gender. Yeah. But like I said, the thing is, however, he's not going to, like I said, he's not advertised for the show. And it sucks because... No, so, but then what would be the main event for the uh, next pay-per-view, so... Yeah, that's for Survivor Series. Yeah, thank you, Survivor Series. I couldn't think of what the hell it was. Yeah, before that, you got War Games, and then that going on, it's just crazy, you know? Oh, you got to check out Podcast Nation. Uh, this was pretty cool, however. Um, I think it was today. Yeah, it was, I'm pretty sure it was today. Uh, I did see, apparently, how I guess this week, Edge and Christian uh, talked to Goldust today. Oh, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, he, they had a little conversation with him today. It was like an hour and a half long podcast. It was pretty cool. Like, then, uh, like I said, they talked to Sammy as well last week. And like I said, I don't know if you got to I see I saw that too. video. What was your take on it? I, I mean, that was just real, real pure asshole mentality, honestly. Like, that was, you know... That was not KFAB. That was not. It was really Sami Zayn being a jerk. Yeah, it was. I agree. And and when I saw that, like I said, after I got off the air last night, I said, "You've got to be kidding me!" I said, "That's just not cool. That is totally not cool." Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, let's see. I'm just working on some stuff here, so bear with me here. I'm just sending in some stuff too. However, like I said, however. But like I said, just I just I'm hoping they have a. I mean, like I said, I hope they have a good plan, you know, for this week. I really do. And I have a Better funny pull straws out of their asses. Something they're gonna have to because I mean, here it is. How I mean, today's the twentieth, however, and like I said, how I mean, you still got two months to go. You still got two months left this year, and you got two more pay per views to go. Yeah. Tomorrow's my sister's birthday. Oh, nice. Tara said happy birthday. That's awesome. I uh, will do. What do you guys uh, plan for it? Um, She's out of town so for work, so I won't see her till Sunday. Okay. Is she going to be over your place for uh, TLC? Uh, She'll be here, but I don't know if they'll stay for that. I'm not sure. Yeah, Sunday I'm going to the Steeler Bengal game, and then uh, I should be at my buddy's house afterward, however, because I'm going to be coming directly from the game, however, mind you. Sean, I was just talking about that whole thing, however, with uh, the uh, Sami Zayn thing. I don't know if you got to see that yet, Chad. Michelle did get to see it, and she weighed in with her thoughts about that. Okay. Thank you very much, sir, folks. As we finish up, of course, talking about... I did believe I was talking about uh, No Mercy back in 2002. Yeah, or 2001. Uh, Yes. And, of course, Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match to retain the WWE title. This was the ninth Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell match ever. The second time the WWE title would be defended inside Hell in a Cell. Fourteen years ago today, we'll put it at 2003, <clears throat> on Raw from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, not too far from you, J.D. 
about four and a half hours away, five hours in the middle half of the state by Harrisburg and Hershey. But, uh, yeah, that's where the baby penguins play. And like I said, it's about two, two and a quarter, two and a half hours outside of Philly and about three hours outside of uh, D.C. But, yeah, it's about four, four and a half hours away from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But that's where they had, they used to have the show, they filmed, uh, I think that's where they did the show The Office. Oh, okay. Because I remember they did the fact, they had a factory there, and I think one of the factories that, that was there was originally, I think it was called Thunder Mifflin, and I think that was the plan. Oh, okay. Thank you very much, sir, sir. Uh, the Dudley Boys defeated Bob Resistance to retain the WWE Tag Team titles. They would win the match by using the Doomsday Device, a move made famous Moves made famous by the Road Warriors. The wing just came a day after one half of the famed tag team, Michael Hegstrand, of course, Hawk, sadly died in his home in Florida. I think they did a tri- uh, tribute to him on that, actually, if I remember correctly. We'll have to go back and check that out. Mm-hmm. Also on the same show, Batista made his return to attack Goldberg oh. after Goldberg won the World Heavyweight title against Shawn Michaels. Well, Shawn was closing in on winning the World Heavyweight title until Batista appeared in the crowd and attacked Shawn Michaels and then focused his attack on Goldberg. Nine years ago today, put it at, let's see, 2008, at UFC 77 in Cincinnati, Ohio, Brock Lesnar was spotted in the front row as introduced as, the, as UFC's newest signee. Despite losing his UFC debut to Frank Mir, he would win the UFC Heavyweight Championship his third bout by defeating Randy, well, I think, Couture, I think John spelled it like the word culture. Okay. Oh, Randy Couture. Couture, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 knew who, I, I, was, I knew who he was talking about. Oh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> oh, no, no, that's okay. No, 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 that's okay. No, 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 he spelled it. I'm just saying he spelled it like the word culture. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I know it's Couture. Yeah, I remember, I remember him. He was, a great, he was a great fighter. Seven years ago today, 2010, Desmond Wolf signed with TNA after failing a WWE pre-screening physical just hours before. Wolf, who most famously wrestling as Nigel McGuinness, would debut for TNA at that evening's tapings as, of course, like you said, Desmond Wolf. He would not be nearly as successful in his TNA tenure, lasting less than two years for his release from the company. Four years ago today, put it at 2013, TNA presented Bound for Glory, from the Vihas Arena in San Diego. With AJ I'm sorry. Did someone say something? I'm sorry. Uh, Bound for Glory is uh, next month. No, I was talking about this was a Bound for Glory from 2013. Oh, no, no, no. I said When you said that, it reminded me that the, the one for this year is next month. Oh, oh, it is. Oh, oh, oh. Thank I you, think thank that's you. In, on the 5th of November. That's in two weeks, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Okay, uh... That's actually uh, two weeks from this Sunday. Yeah, so I said, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. the north neck of the woods in Canada. <clears throat> of course, this this one in 2013, AJ Styles winning the TNA World Title over Bubba Ray Dudley. Also, three years ago today, put it at 2014 on Raw from Kansas City, Missouri, before the handicapped street fight match between John Cena and and Dean Ambrose versus Randy Orton, Kane, and Seth Rollins. The Hell in a Cell was lowered, lowered, making it a handicapped tag team street fight Hell in a Cell match. That is a mouthful. Uh, uh, 
and let's see here. The first time the Helm Sam match would be used since 1998. And you know what? Sad GTS is not on tonight. Y'all not going to believe it. We have a birthday today. Huh. Today's a happy 59th birthday to Scott Hall. Oh, that's right. How old is he today? 59. God bless him. Yes, indeed. Here's some history on Chico Razor Ramon. Hall grew up as an Army brat and moved once every year before he was 15. He attended high school in Munich, Germany in 1983. He was charged with second-degree murder after he shot a man with his own gun after he wrestled it away from him. In an altercation outside of a nightclub in Orlando, Florida, according to Hall, this was done in self-defense. The charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. Whoa. In a 2011 interview for ESPN, Hall said he was unable to forget the incident after admitting to kill the man. He began his career in 1984 in the NWA's Florida Territory Championship Wrestling from Florida and soon began a feud with, if you will, Jesse Rhodes. He and Dan Spivey trained together in Florida, but also under Mike Rotunda and Barry Windham, uh, of course, the U.S. Express. When it was time for the two to debut as a tag team, <coughs> Rose, Rhodes sent them to work in Jim Crockett's Charlotte, North Carolina-based territory. They debuted as American Starship, Hall under the name Starship Coyote, and Spivey under the ring name Starship Eagle. I remember that. I'm sorry, J.D. I remember when they did that because I have the Spot Hall DVD. Good DVD, by the way. Fantastic DVD. I have not watched any of the matches yet from his early years, but I remember when he was the Diamond Stud. That's when I started following him. Oh, okay. At first, American Starship were booked to wrestle infrequently, so much so that they were given ground crew jobs for the Charlotte Orioles. When they did get in the ring, it was with little success. The highlight of their stay in Crockett's Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling was a losing challenge to Arn and Ole Anderson for the NWA National Tag Team titles. After leaving Crockett, the duo joined Bob Geigel's NWA Central States Territory in 1985. They received a shot at NWA's Central States Tag Team title champions Marty Jannetty and Bob Brown, but lost the match. Dan Spivey's stay in the Central States Territory was brief. He returned to the Carolinas and Crockett, jobbing in the freshly rebranded Jim Crockett Promotions as American Starship Eagle. Hall, meanwhile, stayed in the Central States, received a solid push. Hall would join the AWA in 1985, where he wrestled as Magnum Scott Hall. Oh, my Lord, yeah, he did look like Tom Selleck back then, didn't he? And later, Big Scott Hall. He wrestled as a baby-faced wrestler. Vern Gagne, the owner and promoter of the AWA, had wanted to push Hall to the same height as he had Hulk Hogan. Following Hogan's departure for Vince McMahon's WWF, Ganya had Hall use mannerisms and moves similar to Hogan. He formed a tag team with his more experienced friend, Kurt Henning, whom he later would credit for cultivating his early wrestling career. The team beat Jimmy Garvin and Steve Regal for the AWA World Tag Team titles on January 18, 1986, in a 58-minute match in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The champions defended against such challengers as Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, the Irwins, Nord the Barbarian, and Boris Zukov. They lost the belt to Rose and Summers by countout on May 17th. 
after interference by Colonel De Beers. After losing the belts, Hall and Henning soon parted ways. Hall then received shots at the AWA World Heavyweight title against Stan Hansen and Rick Martell. And Colonel De Beers also wrestled in Portland Wrestling. His, his real name, Ed, I think it was Wazineski to me, because I remember he competed in the late 70s, early 80s in the Portland Territory with Piper and Buddy Rose and uh, Matt Bourne and all those guys. I remember because I just watched some tapes of him not too long ago. Although Gandhi wanted to put the belt on Hall, Hall hated the cold weather in the territory, recognized AWA as a sinking ship, and left with the NWA in 1985. The AWA folded the following year. Hall was brought into the NWA's WCW territory by Jim Ross in 1989 as part of the NWA's initiative to develop new young talent, also including Brian Pillman and Sid Vicious. His first and only pay-per-view appearance during this time was at the Great American Bash, the glory days where he participated in a King of the Hill Battle Royal as he began jobbing regularly, then went on hiatus. Hall then wrestled in the Puerto Rican promotion WWC. On March 3rd, he beat Miguel Perez Jr. for the WWC Caribbean Heavyweight Championship, but he lost his Super Medic 3 on April 20th, 1990. Scott Hall as... Texas Scott, oh, that's a name, <laughs> competed for the CWA at the Catch Cup Tournament on December 22, 1990 in Brenham, Germany, before 6,000 fans. Hall was defeated by the Soul Taker in the tournament final. This big event featured the retirement match of Otto Wands, as well as Terry Funk, Bull Power, Big Van Vader, Chris Benoit, David Taylor, Fit Finley, and Akira Nogami in action. Hall returned to WCW in 1991 and was renamed the Diamond Stud, a gimmick similar to Rick Rude. He was managed by DDP, and he squashed Tommy Rich at Clash of the Champions, and also he beat Tom Zink at the Great American Bash. At Clash of the Champions in September, he lost to Ron Simmons. At Halloween Havoc 91, the team of Stud, Abdullah the Butcher, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader lost to Sting, El Gigante, and the Steiner Brothers in a Chamber of Horrors match on the November 19th edition of Clash of the Champions. Damn! Stud, okay. Stud lost to Sting in a rematch from the Great American Bash after he was sidelined for Starcade in December of 1991. Hall entered 1992 forming short-lived tag teams with Vinny Vegas, of course we know him as Kevin Nash, and Scotty Flamingo was, he, was later on known as Raven. Yeah, Scotty the Body part, was also known as. That's right, okay. As part of the Diamond Mine Stable, as well as with members of Paulie Dangerously's Dangerous Alliance, Hall feuded with Dustin Rhodes in April 1992, and where Hall interfered in two televised matches Rhodes had with Bobby Eaton. The idea of adding him to the Dangerous Alliance was contemplated, but fell through, and Hall left WCW shortly after a final televised match against Ron Campbell on May 8th. He joined the WWF later that month as the nickname character Razor Ramon, where it was modeled after the characters Tony Montana and Manny Rivera from the movie Scarface. Say hello to Razor Ramon. Check my line, man. Michelle, how do you rate that impression? Um, very well. Very good. Uh, Ramon's nickname, of course, the bad guy, and catchphrase, say hello to the bad guy, derived from the quotes from Tony Montana from Scarface. 
say hello to my little friend and say good night to the bad guy. He made his first appearance in a dark match defeating Malaysia Chris Hall. has got all the gold, man. On May 1992, later in his career, he pitched the idea of a Scarface-like character during a meeting with Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson as a joke. Hall quoted lines from the film with a Cuban accent and gave ideas for vignettes that would recreate several of the film scenes such as driving around South Florida in a convertible with a leopard skin interior. Although taken right from the film, Hall claimed McMahon and Patterson were nevertheless floored by the ideas and called him a genius, in quotation marks. Hall later learned that they had that they'd never seen nor heard of the film and believed that Hall was coming up with the ideas himself. Patterson and McMahon came up with the name Razor, but agreed with Hall's suggestion that it should be a nickname and that the character should have a proper given name. Hall later asked Tito Santana for a, Latino, for a Latino-sounding name that starts with R. Santi, Santana. Santina. Santana. I don't know why I said Santino. No, I said Santina. Yeah, you were taught there. Yeah, I got caught there. That starts with R. Santana suggested Ramon. Hall brought it to McMahon, and the name stuck. The logo and costume were, des- were designed by Tom Fleming. After weeks of vignettes, Razor Ramon defeating Paul Van Dow with the Razor's Edge on August 8, 1992. Michelle is set- sitting there melting right now, t- me talking about Razor Ramon. <laughs> Ramon wore large gold chain necklaces in the ring while handing them to a ringside attendant. He would threaten, something happens to this, Something's going to happen to you. Ooh. And then flick his toothpick at the helpless attendant. Razor's first major angle began on the September 14th edition of Primetime Wrestling, where he cost Randy Savage a WWF title against Ric Flair, attacking Savage on the floor and enabling Flair to win the title. As a result, Razor and Savage started a feud, which later involved the Ultimate Warrior. After Warrior saved Savage from a post-match beating by Razor, Razor and Flair were supposed to face Warrior and Savage at Survivor Series, but Warrior left the WWF prior to the event and was replaced by Mr. Perfect. Razor and Flair lost to Savage and Perfect via DQ, but constantly double-teaming them. Bret Hart was scheduled to defend the title at the 93 Royal Rumble against the Ultimate Warrior, but Razor Ramon replaced Warrior after he left the business. During the feud, Razor disrespected Hart and the Hart wrestling family. He would lose to Hart at, at the Royal to Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble, submitting to the sharpshooter. He made his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 9, defeating Bob Backlund with a roll-up. In May of on Monday, on Monday Night Raw, he suffered a loss to Jobber, the kid, who had gone to be called the 1-2-3 kid. Beginning that feud between the two, it went into the tournament and triggered a slow fan-favorite turn for Razor as he gained respect for the kid and support from the crowd. Razor's face turn was cemented after Ted DiBiase didn't show respect for Razor, making fun of him for losing to such a small jobber. Ramon helped the 1-2-3 kid defeat DiBiase, and it culminated at SummerSlam with Ramon defeating DiBiase in DiBiase's last WWF match. DiBiase was stayed within the WWF as a manager as he formed a million-dollar corporation from 1994 to 1996. Razor would gain his taste of gold by winning the Intercontinental title over Rhett Martell on October 11, 1993. He began a feud with Shawn Michaels 
over which man had the stronger claim to the Intercontinental title. Michaels had been stripped of the title months before due to inactivity. Michaels, after his return to TV, claimed that he was still the champion because he had not been beaten for it. The matter was settled when Ramon beat Michaels in the latter match at Madison Square Garden for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 10, becoming the undisputed Intercontinental champion after re- retrieving both belts. It was voted Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Match of the Year for 1994, and it was also the first WWF match to receive a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer in his Wrestling Observer newsletter. On WWE.com, this match was ranked number five of the top 24 matches in WrestleMania history. Razor still feuded with Michaels and Diesel. In April, Razor would lose the Intercontinental title to Diesel, but would recapture his belt over Diesel at SummerSlam. As Survivor Series, he teamed with the 123 Kid, Davy Boy Smith, and the Head Shrinkers, defeating the Teamsters. As Ramon ended up being the sole survivor of the match after Diesel had dominated half of Razor's team. At the 95 Royal Rumble, Ramon would lose the Intercontinental title to Jeff Jarrett. He unsuccessfully would win it back at WrestleMania 11 over Jeff Jarrett, but he would defeat Jeff Jarrett on May 19, 1995, win his third Intercontinental title, but would once again lose the belt to Jarrett. Razor would be the first man to win the Intercontinental title three times. Razor suffered a rib injury during the latter rematch against Jarrett. Razor was set to wrestle in the 95 King of the Ring tournament, but got injured by a rib injury. He formed a team with Savio Vega, who, who would replace Razor in the free-for-all tournament match by defeating IRS. Salve would, would go all the way into losing to Mabel in the final match. Razor and Vega formed a brief partnership and almost won the tag team titles over Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Razor and Sean would rekindle the latter match again at SummerSlam for the IC title, but this time it was Shawn Michaels that came out the winner. In October, Razor recaptured his fourth and last Intercontinental title. In early 96, Razor feuded with Goldust for the Intercontinental belt at the Royal Rumble. It would be Goldust winning when the 123 Kid attacked him. Razor was originally scheduled to take Goldust on in a Miami street fight for the IC belt, but he was suspended for six weeks by the WWF due to his drug use. He returned to WWF television on the April pay-per-view where he was beaten by Vader. He became associated with a backstage group known as The Click, consisting of Diesel, Hunterhurst Helmsley, the 123 Kid, and Shawn Michaels. He was also involved in the MSG incident because Hall and Nash were departing for WCW. The pair broke KFAB by celebrating and embracing in the ring together, but the characters they portrayed were supposed to be enemies. According to Hall, he went to WCW not for money, <clears throat> but because they offered him days off. Eight days after the curtain call, Hall would appear on WCW and claim to be an outsider, declaring if WCW wanted a war, they had one. Hall would be joined two weeks later by Kevin Nash. They said they were taking over WCW, then slammed Eric Bischoff through the commentator's table. The angle paralleled the real-life competition between WCW and WWF. At Bash at the Beach, Nash and Hall challenged Sting, Luger, and Randy Savage in a six-man tag team match, saying that they had a mystery partner. Of course, that partner was revealed to be Hulk Hogan, and the three formed the NWO. The stable... Storm WCW recruiting stars such as Six, of course known as the 123 Kid from the WWF, and The Giant, which is now known as The Big Show in the WWE. Nash and Hall concluded 96 by gaining victories over Sting and Lex Luger at Hog Wild and a War Games match win at Fall Brawl. 
They beat Harlem Heat at Halloween Havoc for their first WCW World Tag Team titles. They would defend the belts against all comers. They would lose the titles that sold out to the Steiner brothers, but Bischoff returned the title due to the fact that the referee was not the official referee for the match. The Outsiders remained champions in February to October of 97, often facing the Steiners, Lex Luger, and the Giants in combinations of the Four Horsemen. Since Eric Bischoff was a member of the NWO, he would use his power to return the belts to the Outsiders on a technicality whenever they lost it. The Outsiders used the Freebird rule to defend their belts. With Nash and Six down with injuries, Hall stayed in singles matches, and in one of them, he submitted to Lex Luger in a grudge match at Halloween Havoc. And he, he would also win a 60-man battle royal <coughs> match to win a shot at, at the WCW World Heavyweight title. Before going further, ladies and gentlemen, we have made two attempts. Our live video feed is not working well tonight, unfortunately. Huh. So after two attempts here, we're not going to make any more attempts on that here again. We don't know what happened, but something has gone on with that. We apologize for the video. In January 1998, him and Kevin Nash would win back the WCW World Tag Team titles for a fourth time. They would lose the belts back to the Steiners. At Super Brawl, they won the back the belts again by defeating the Steiner brothers. Hall would finally get his WCW title match against Sting, losing the match despite interference from Dusty Rhodes. Hall was taken off TV for a short while and forced by WCW to enter rehab. After he and Nash showed up heavily intoxicated, under the influence of painkillers, as Hall was absent, the NWO split into two feuding factions. At Sanbury, he returned to team up with Kevin Nash for a tag title defense against the Giant and Sting. Hall then turned on Nash, costing them the title, and switched sides to align himself with Hulk Hogan and NWO Hollywood. Hall was handpicked by Hogan on July 6th to wrestle Goldberg, but Hall lost the match and they, they gave Goldberg a WCW title match against Hogan later that night in which Goldberg, of course, won. After Hogan blamed Hall, Hall was treated at, as a weak league by the rest of the NWO. On July 13th, Hogan would challenge Hall to a match on Nitro, but as Nash tried to help out Hall and regain him as his friend, Hall attacked him and proved his allegiance to the NWO Hollywood all this time. Hall and the Giant won the WCW World Tag Team titles again over Sting and Nash. Hall and Nash would continue to feud with would continue to feud with each other, hitting two jackknives <clears throat> on Hall at Halloween Havoc, and after that he would leave the ring and lost the match by countout. Hall was tossed from NWO Hollywood in late nineteen ninety-eight when after Scott Steiner took the reins of the NWO and then referred to himself as the Lone Wolf. He helped out Nash beat Goldberg for the World Heavyweight title at Starcade as he used a stun gun on Goldberg and finally breaking Goldberg's streak. In January 1999, after the infamous finger poke of doom, the NWO reunited. Hall would then feud with Goldberg, but Goldberg would defeat him as sold out. He would lose the match as Goldberg used the taser gun on him. At Super Brawl 9, Hall defeated Roddy Piper to win the WCW United States title, but would suffer a foot injury, which forced him to forfeit the title. Hall was not seen again until October 99, when he and Kevin Nash sat at ringside during WCW television, proclaiming that the band was getting back together. In November, he beat Goldberg, Bret Hart, and Sid Vicious to win the United States Heavyweight Belt. At Mayhem, he beat Rick Steiner to win the WCW World TV title by forfeit. Eight days later, Hall would throw the TV title by throwing it into a trash can, 
and was also stripped of the United States title after being sidelined with a knee injury. He and Nash defeated Bret Hart and Goldberg in December in December to win the WCW Tag Team titles for the sixth time together, but Hall was injured again. After the NWO made its return in December 1999, but this time <clears throat> with Bret Hart in charge of what was coined NWO 2000, of course, Hall took on Sid Vicious with the WCW World Heavyweight title at Super Bowl with Jeff Jarrett involved, but Sid would retain the title on February 20th, and this was Scott Hall's last appearance in WCW. Hall said that he was having off-and-on relationships with Emily Sherman. Hall added that while in Europe, Hall was caught by a former girlfriend that worked at the hotel. Hall was not asked to go on the plane back home. Reports say that Brad Siegel, the uncle of Sherman, was made aware of this and said that Hall had little chance to return to WCW. Hall would wrestle in ECW from 2000 to 2001. He wrestled in Japan where he was a part of Team 2000. In 2002, both Hall, Nash, and Hogan would return to the WWF as the New World Order once more. He feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin and would cost Austin the undisputed WWF title against Chris Jericho at No Way Out. He would make his return to the to the uh, ring on Raw. On March 4th, by defeating Spike Dudley, his first Raw match, believe it or not, since 1996. So would lose to The Rock in his first SmackDown match by DQ. Hmm. Okay. I hope we have a, we, John's John's typing it up pretty fast here, guys. Yep. And just to give you guys an update right now on the game six of the ALCS, it is right now the Houston Astros are up six to one in the bottom of the eighth inning, so we might see a game seven tomorrow night. Okay, thank you very much, there, JD. Six days later, Hall and Nash, Hall and the NWO got a big win in a handicap match by defeating The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, but Hall would lose to Stone Cold at WrestleMania 18. This was Hall's first WrestleMania match. Since 1995, excuse me. On the March 25th episode of Raw, Hall would join the NWO at the Raw at the Raw brand as a result of the new WWE brand split. On on the March 29th episode of SmackDown, they would lose to The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Kane. Melton Sunetti, just to give you stats on the game. Justin Verlander went seven innings, gave up five hits, struck out eight, walked one, and uh, threw 99 pitches, 70 of them for strike. Aaron Judge hit his third homer of the postseason, but uh, for the Yankees, their pitcher gave up three runs, struck uh, out three, walked four in four and two-thirds of an inning, 79 pitches, 48 of them for strike. So Tomorrow night with Game 7, we don't know yet who will start. I imagine the Yanks will probably go with Sabathia. And for the Astros, either Charlie Morton or Dallas Kukul on three days rest. But after what L.A. did last night against the Cubs, sorry, Ian. I don't know if you're still listening in or anything like that. Sorry about your boys last night. I mean, they got whacked right in the mouth, 11-1. Mm-hmm. After many Raw matches, Raw was released from WWE after insurrection in 2002. His last match was in a six-man tag match where he teamed with X-Pac 
and the big show to take it on Bradshaw, Ric Flair, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and where Ric Flair revealed as the newest member of the NWO. Where, of course, did you hear John say those words? I mean, John believes that hell froze over when Ric Flair joined the NWO. Yeah. You know, there All was, was, um, sorry, I was going to say real quick, there was a story, I don't know if you guys ought to check it out, I think it happened last week at some independent show, there was one a video of Bischoff, Hall, and, uh, like I said, Bischoff, Hall, and Nash last week doing the NWO thing. It was at some independent house. I mean, mm. Michelle, did you hear anything about that at all? No, did not. Yeah, if I can try to find, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find it. However, I mean, it just happened, and the return it happened last week. It, it was some, like I said, some NWO show, how independent show, how I'll have to find it. Let's see here, uh, Hall worked for TNA in 2002, appearing on their first pay per view event, but did return to TNA in 2004 with Kevin Nash as TNA pre- prepared for their first Monday pay per view, Victory Road. They helped Jeff Jarrett retain the TNA title over Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. In 2005, Hall would leave TNA, but Hall would return two years later to TNA, and where Nash said that Hall would be Sting's mystery partner at Genesis. The next week, Hall returned rebuffing the romantic adventures of Kurt Angle's wife, Karen, then battling Kurt in his dressing room. He stated that he was in TNA solely to confront Nash. Hall asked Nash why he was not there to help him in his troubled past. Nash responded that it was a result of his own nonstop partying and risk of losing his family. Paul claimed that all was forgiven and said that he was not Sting's mystery partner at Turning Point. They were set. To, they were actually set the team with Samoa Joe. There's more. Oh, there's more. <coughs> they take on the Angle Alliance, but Hall no-showed the show. In 2010, they returned to TNA. That same night, Hulk Hogan made his TNA debut. Hall, Nash, and Wallman reformed their alliance, but Hogan kept himself out of the group, saying times have changed. I'm sure, you, Michelle, you remember some of these TNA moments. Oh, yeah. All was scheduled to team with Nash and Genesis against Beer Money, Inc., but was replaced by Waltman. In the end, Hall calls his stablemates the match. On the next episode of Impact, Hogan was displeased with the actions of the band as he had security removed Hall and Waltman from the arena. Huh. Hall and Six Pack were not under contract with TNA, but would work to impact this to assault various wrestlers. Of course, they had also turned on Nash. And beat him down at Destination X. It turned out to be a swerve 
as Hall and Six Pack defeated Nash and Young, with Nash actually turning on Eric Young. helped the band win. On May 4th, he teamed with Nash again to win the TNA World Tag Team titles, but the band declared that Eric Young one-third of the champions citing the Freebird rule. <clears throat> they were stripped of the titles due to Hall's realized legal problems. It was announced that for eight years, it was announced that after eight years, Hall would be released from TNA. After Hall got himself sobered up in 2013, Hall would make a second chance to come back to the WWE. Ooh, TNA numbers took a hit this week, however. And it happened in the 2014 Hall of Fame when Razor Ramon took his place in the Hall of Fame. The Click would rejoin Ramon on stage after his speech reuniting the Click since 1996. Well, just to give you guys a heads up, talk about TNA and Impact real quick. Uh, two things I'm sure you guys heard about, but if not, Impact numbers this week, however, drew 267,000 down from 279 the week before, and Teren Terrell is no longer with the company. Oh, Tiffany. Yep. Oh. At WrestleMania 30, Hall would appear on stage with the, other, with the other Hall of Fame inductees. He would return to Raw in August of 2014 for the first time since 2002 to reunite the NWO with Nash and Hogan to celebrate Hogan's birthday. Of course, that was what I think when Brock Lesnar got in Hogan's face. Yeah, after the... Hogan's over, Grandpa. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. Sure, and, sure uh, money, that too, I think, yeah. So, Bo Dallas, Roman, and uh, Bray all have a viral infection. Huh. In January 2015, he appeared with X-Pac and Nash to reunite the NWO, and along with the Acolytes and New Age Outlaws to teach the Ascension a lesson. And I think we lost Michelle. Oh! Uh, I think something must have probably happened with her. Oh. Um. Uh, Probably happened with probably happened with her phone. Uh, so, um, hopefully, we'll be able to get her back on before. Well, like I said, we're going to take it to twelve o'clock here, folks, because, like I said, of the delay here due to, of course, a small technical problem that that took place. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> At WrestleMania, Hall, Nash, and Hogan reunited the NWO to help Sting in his match against Triple H, who had D-Generation X helping on his behalf. In 2016, Hall was backstage at WrestleMania 32, celebrating with the new Intercontinental Champion, Zack Ryder. The following night on Raw, he asked the Miz to give Ryder a rematch for the Intercontinental title, and John said that's all he has got tonight for the history and, histories and birthdays. Happy 59th birthday to the bad guy himself, the Hall of Famer. Scott Hall. Yes, sir, indeed. 1724 444 7444. Call ID 138. 
This is episode 404 of the Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution. This is, of course, uh, Friday, October 20th, 2017. Once again, I am Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. Sorry about that. That's okay. The Iceman, J.D., Jared DiGirolamo, and also I have the Human Surface Machine, John Gross, in the chat box. Uh, we we did have Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds, but apparently something must have happened with her phone. Um, hopefully, hopefully we may be able to get her to uh, get her to pop back on here. Um, if if not, then um, we do want to thank her for coming on here tonight. Uh, like I said, we got about 40 more minutes to go here. Like I said, we're going to take it here to. 12 o'clock midnight here because due to, like I said, the technical problem that we suffered, uh, that, of course, I suffered, that, that kind of delayed the show for an hour. But, uh, but we, will, we, we will go ahead, like I said, and start on here with this, and we will continue to double-check to see if Michelle will be able to pop back on. If she doesn't, then, like I said, we'll go back with this next week. Uh, uh, let me see here. To number sixty-seven here. Yep. Uh, uh, okay. Yes. <clears throat> um, and let's get. Uh, of course, I'll get JD's and John's predictions here on this. As uh, from in your house, Canadian Stampede, the Hart Foundation. Of course, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart, and Brian Pillman took on the team of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom. Uh, J.D., your thoughts here on this match? <sighs> Sorry about that. I keep going. I don't know why. Sorry about that. Um, great A-person tag in, of all places, Calgary. However, I mean, you talk about eight of the finest. However, you cannot argue with it. And this was the main event, of course, that closed Canadian Stampede. However, and I have this on the Best of In Your House DVD. However, this was a hell of a match. And like I said, you had eight of the best going on. Of course, you saw all the Hart family in that matchup. Of course, Tyson Kidd was on that one. Natalia, of course, Stu and Helen. Um, I said Diana Smith, uh, Hart Smith. I mean, a lot of the Hart family members were in that uh, attendance that night, and it was one heck of a match. Indeed. John says here, USA and Canada, 10-man tag, war of attrition. But in the end, it was the Hart family sticking it to the USA in their hometown of Canada. Olsen, Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom had to be stunned. I'm sure they I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. This was a great match here, of course, indeed. As well, I do agree with that. Next up here, more recent match here, uh, guys. Uh, from Bragging Rights two thousand and ten, Daniel Bryan versus Dolph Ziggler. J D your thoughts here. It was a good match, but uh like I said, there were a couple other matches that could have been better, but this wasn't a bad match. I mean it was okay and all right for what it was and yeah, so that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, John, your take on this Bragging Rights 2010 between Daniel Bryan and Dalton. So, yeah, now it looks like it is Roman, Bray, and Bo Dallas all having a viral infection. So that's why, uh, like I said, we have three people out for this Sunday. Yeah, I did report that Roman did suffer, suffer from the same thing. Uh, and like I said, it seemed like like I said, I told Michelle today, Howard, and I think I told you this afternoon when I talked to you, Howard, 
it seems like everyone's getting, with the change of the weather and everything like that, it's probably something to do with that. Maybe, maybe not, but still, I mean, that's crazy. you got three people uh, down and out. Certainly. I would agree, definitely. Uh, John, did you have any thoughts about this match? No, John, it's not Roman Reigns. <laughs> John says here, Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, the future world heavyweight champions. What a matchup that was. And John did ask a question about the folks you just mentioned, J.D., about this, about this illness. Do you think they're going to be okay? Uh, it, it, I hope so. I mean, it, it is a big blow to lose all three got people like that. Uh, I think if they're smart, however, I mean, they're obviously keeping them out, obviously, for Sunday. But the big thing is, could they get better by Monday, however, you know, and be at Raw on Monday, however. Or if not, maybe next week, however, when they go to Baltimore. I mean, if they're smart, I would say it, it could take about a week, maybe a week and a half, possibly, depending on how bad uh, they're feeling, you know. I mean, like I said, Bray and Bo, I mean, Bo's been out for a couple weeks. Bray, of course, uh, they said taped that thing with Finn Balor, I think, late last week, however. And that's why he wasn't at the show Monday in Portland this past Monday. And with Roman, of course, with the house show starting tonight in St. Louis, however, I imagine they probably just said, go back home, stay home, you know. Right, certainly. John also said about the match, about the match we're talking about here, say you love this match, by the way, it was, but it was the yes movement that put down the show off. Yep. There you go. And also, just coming in here on the light wire here, uh, Neil Patel on the chat box here tonight. So, Neil, welcome as well to number 404 Revolution. Uh, let's see what else. Let's see what what else we have here. Uh, ooh, we go. We we once again go backward through JD. The match here. I'm sure you might remember this from Beach Blast 1992, Falls Count Anywhere match, Sting versus Cactus Jack. Good match. Really good match with two good. One. Hello. Yeah, JD. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, I didn't know if that was your phone or my phone. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Uh, no, you had two good competitors go in this one, however, and like I said, however, this is when Mick started to become more and more, however, the crazy psycho Cactus Jack, however, and uh, like I said, however, he had some really interesting moments in WCW, and this was one of them, and like I said, I thought seeing him, if it wasn't for Steamboat and Rue tearing the house down, this would have been right up there, but like I said, this was the second best match of Beach Blast 92. John said he didn't chance he didn't get a chance to see this match, but he does agree with what JD had to say about it. Okay. So you definitely got to check it on DVD or at least uh, try to find it somewhere on YouTube. No, oh, absolutely. Speaking of which, um, just to want to mention here something that there, I have added a something interesting here. I don't know if anyone got to see it all off the off the video vault here today. Um, but I was watching this this earlier today, and this was some very something very very haunting there a little bit. I think this was filmed not too long before. Sadly, we lost uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. But uh, apparently, uh, it was a show that comes on. I think the network called Bio, uh, in which this medium would visit, especially a lot of the, of a lot of celebrities and everything, because mm-hmm. they were haunted by like a. They're possibly just seeing people like 
images of people from the past, you know, like what I'm talking about, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And she visited Roddy Roddy Piper at his home. It was like well, not too long before I think he passed on. Right, right. And apparently he, they were able to somehow put to closure the situation involving Adrian Adonis. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that, actually. It's on the video call. Just yeah, pop that up, and you got to watch it. All the way through, like, 40-some minutes on. you got to go and pop that. And, and yeah, I'll look at that. check it out. Yeah, it is. It's called The Haunting of Rowdy Piper. Hmm. Uh, very unique there, indeed. Uh, but the next, next match up here, number 64, number one contender match on Monday Night Raw, February 25th, 2013, John Cena versus CM Punk. J.D., your thoughts? Which one was this again? Sorry. The number one contender match on Raw, February 25th, 2013, Cena versus Punk. Uh, great match. Really, really good match. However, two of the best power. And like I said, however, Punk should have won this match easily, but I think this is when Cena won. So this was a very entertaining match, and it definitely uh, was one of the better uh, matches on Raw. John, your take on this match here, Cena versus Punk. Um Josh is one of the greatest and best matchups in the world. That's it. There you go. Okay. Next next one up right here. A, okay, I'm going to read this all this word for word. I'm sure J.D. will recall this. This actually happened to um, okay, let, 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 let me Let me uh, first off read this here. This was a two out of three falls match on NXT. Uh, from... Now, here, here's what gets me. It says here, August 21st, 2013, it aired on, this is NXT, on February 24th, 2013. The match was between Sami Zayn and Cesaro. Great match. One of the best uh, two out of three falls matches I can recall going back and watching. However, it was definitely a hell of a match. And like I said, these guys definitely... Gave it their all. I mean, like I said, Sammy was in some pretty good matches, I remember. And this was one of them, I remember. John, did you have a, tight, a thought about this match here? I think JD's going to love the next one here. Uh John, the match that I'm talking about is, it was on NXT on August 21st, 2013. It aired on This Is NXT, February 24th of 2013. It was a two out of three falls match pitting Sami Zayn versus Cesaro. John says, Shane and Cesaro, I'd say what a match between these two. Okay. The next one here, I think J.D. would definitely get a kick out of this because this this is something he is very, very much in love with. He, I'm sure he goes back and looks at a lot of these old moments in this particular organization. I'm sure he knows what I'm talking about when I say that. It was an ECW TV title match, Living Dangerously, 1998. Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, this was one 
brutal match, to say the least. I mean, they had a great match. I remember at Heat Wave later on that year, however, in Dayton. But uh, this one was brutal. This is when Taz tried to put the Taz mission, I remember, on Bam Bam, and they went backwards, I remember. I think Bam Bam and them, him and Taz fell backwards, right through the ring, backwards, however. It was, it was brutal. I mean, it was one hell of a fight, however, like I said, however, at any time these two definitely fought, however, it was always a brutal. I think this is about the same time Taz either created his own belt, however, because I believe that Boo had the ECW title, or shortly thereafter, how Taz would create the title, the FTW title, and of course we all knew that FTW was F the world, however, and uh, he didn't care uh, if anyone uh, liked it or not, however, and like I said, these two had some really good chemistry, however, and this was one hell of a battle, like I said, I thought this was one of their better matches, like I said, as far as what went down, however, at uh, Living Dangerously. John, your take on this match here? John, the match was an ECW TV title match from ECW Living Dangerously 1998, pitting Taz versus the late Bam Bam Bigelow. And I think, J.D., he does agree with what you just said. Okay. We go to number 61. Oh, 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 boy. I talk about this here once in a while. Holy freaking cow. (laughs) You you and when I when I, when you understand why I'm saying all this once I get through talking about it, this was from Survivor Series 2001. Of course, as I said many many times, the last time that a pay per view was held in my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina, the winner take all match pitting Team WWF versus Team Alliance. J.D., your thoughts here. This was a good match, and it was very entertaining, and it was... Okay. Uh, that, 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 that's, your, that's, that's all you got on that? That's right? all I got on that one, yeah. Okay, all right. John, your your take on this, the Survivor Series Elimination match, your winner-take-all team, WWF versus Team Alliance. From some from Survivor Series, excuse me, 2001, which I have, have I have stated many many times that this is the last time that big time pay per view was in my neck of the woods, Greensboro, North Carolina. John says Team WWF versus Team WCW and ECW. This was an all time matchup. Team WWF's biggest stars were of course The Rock, Kane, Undertaker, Chris Jericho. And Big Show versus Team WCW and ECW's biggest stars, who, of course, now is Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, RVD, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. Was that the best WCW and ECW had? Well, obviously, obviously it was because, I mean, you got to keep in mind, when you talk about the Team Alliance thing, I think the only two that were considered really WCW and ECW stars was RVD and Booker T in this whole match. And John says, if you want this card to be like this, here's the way he wanted. Here's here's the way he wanted this card to be. 
for Team WWF, it would have been The Rock, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and The Undertaker. And for Team WCW, Goldberg, Sting, and the NWO. That would have been classic. That would have made that match a classic right there. Not bad there, John. Not bad. (coughs) Next one here, number 60, is the Cruiserweight title match from Great American Bash 1996, Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio. J.D.? Great match, and of course, that was when Rey began his WCW career. However, I think they never met in ECW. At least, I don't think they did. But still, this was a hell of a match, and this was one of the better matches, however, at the Great American Bash. Uh, and John's talking about the last match. He said if they win Team ECW in there, too, it would be a five versus five versus five elimination Survivor Series match. John says Dean and Ray, he would agree with J.D., but he wished that Dean would have stayed healthier in the WWF by the time that Ray came into WWF, and they could have had some matches then and there. Yeah, they could have. I agree. But I think they really, in, EC, in WCW, had had some great matches. I mean, whether it be Dean and Eddie, Eddie and Ray, uh, Ray and Hoovy, uh, Ray, Ray and, uh, like I said, uh, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Ray and... Uh, uh, the Ultimate Dragon, Dean and the Dragon, Dean and Jericho, Ray and Jericho. I mean, there's, the Cruiserweights were always the fun thing I liked. And I still, like I said, I'm a Cruiserweight nut. So, there you go. Well, as for this match, Dean Malenko actually had something to say about it. I'm sure you'd like to hear what your fellow Iceman said right here, J.D. All right. Uh, let's go see what he says. Or he says the following. The fun part for me was the challenge of working with someone that I'd never worked with before. I was fortunate to see some tapes of Rey Mysterio from Mexico and matches he had in Japan with Psychosis and moving to Guerrera. I was really intrigued by his style and was looking forward to getting in the ring with him. It was a special night for us both. It was his big debut in a big American company. What really stands out for me and Rey personally was the locker room was very intrigued by how small Rey was and how young he looked. It was funny to watch the guys looking at Ray like, you got to be kidding me. Is this guy old enough to drive a car? Uh, let's see. Hold on. There's more. The best thing was after the match, walking into a locker room with a bunch of guys who had been in the business for many years and were big stars, standing up and giving this guy a standing ovation. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall made a big deal out of it, and they had just started with the company. We definitely did our job that night. I don't think Ray knew it was a pay-per-view. He thought it was just a regular match. And all of a sudden, he got thrown onto a pay-per-view when he showed up. Ray's a very special performer, as we all know. It was something I'll always remember and cherish. Working with one of the greatest mass wrestlers ever in our industry, he is one in a million. This is coming from Dean Malenko himself. Not, not, not too bad coming from the... From no, the, not at all. I mean, he had some very good points there. 
Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Let's see here. The next matchup here, number 59. We'll go. We'll, we'll add a few more into the mix here. Number 59 here. Ah, and J.D. definitely remembers this, and I think he was there to see it, as a matter of fact. The triple threat WWE World Heavyweight title match from WrestleMania 30, getting Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan versus Batista. J.D., Please. Yeah, I, w- I was there, and it was a hell of a match. I remember those three guys absolutely tore it down in the Superdome. However, and I mean, at the end of the night, however, WrestleMania became Yesamania. Yes, indeed. Uh, John, your thoughts here on this? And while John's putting that up there, I also got to admit too, I was looking at something. Of course, as you, if you re- you remember, this was the year that uh, they invited that young man who had cancer. And, yeah, Connor the Crusher, Connor the Crusher. Yes, indeed. And they showed a moment that after Daniel Bryan won, that he came out there, the first person he greeted was that young man. And yeah, I, 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 I remember watching it on TV, Howard, and they showed it, I think, that, that Monday night at Raw, I remember, Howard, they showed it on the TV before, and I had not seen it at that time, however, mind you. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was very special. The crowd, although they were upset that the Undertaker's streak was broken, Daniel Bryan left the fans in New Orleans with a happy ending, and Connor Crusher, just days before, sadly, he passed away, was lucky to be there to see Daniel win the WWE World Heavyweight title. John believes believes that he was one of his final wishes that God wanted him to see. No doubt. No Amen doubt on that. that. No Amen on that. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yes, indeed. But I was I was glad that the first person he went and saw was was that young man. I mean, it was a treat. It yeah. was an absolute treat. Oh man, I've seen a lot of videos, and I I tell you the truth, I have even you know you, you rarely ever talk talk rarely ever you know hear about guys you know really tearing up after a lot of things taking place, especially you know um, after losing someone very special. But that was and, it. That night. That that was it, uh, bar none. I mean, the night that he was in the first recipient of the Warrior Award for crying out loud. Yep. I mean, there was not a dry eye in that whole place. No, not at all. No, not uh, at all. Absolutely not. No. But truly, like I said, a, a true hero right there, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with that. Next up here, uh, this is one here. We go back to old school here, JD. Your thoughts here. WCW tag team title match from Super Brawl 1, the Steiners versus the Tegan of Sting and Lex Luger. Uh, great match, no doubt. I mean, it was very entertaining, however, like I said. However, and I think these guys definitely uh, had something to be uh, proud about that night. However, they definitely made some noise, however, at the very first Super Brawl, however, and it was very unique, however. Certainly. Uh, John, your thoughts here, Steiners versus Sting and Luger. WCW tag title match from Super Brawl 1. Now, this was, if I remember correctly, seeing this on the Steam DVD, I think Nikita Koloff got involved in this. I, that was, sounds right to me. That sounds about right to me. Because he, I think what happened was he was trying to go after Luger, but it says Sting pushed Luger out of the way, and he got hit. And that's what prompted him to fight at... Um, Oh gosh! It was oh, what was that pay per view? It was after Super Bowl that year. I can't remember what it was. Uh, was it uh, Spring Stampede? No, it was a 
I don't think no. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. I'll tell you in a minute. I'll pull up. Hold on. Uh, you said it's after Super Brawl, right? Yeah, because the thing was, that match I just mentioned here, that Nikita Koloff ran down during when that match happened. He was trying to go to take down Luger, but Sting pushed him out of the way, and he clocked Hold on, I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah, as a result, I think retained the tag belts here. So Sting ran after Nikita Koloff at the Great end American of Bash. Great American Bash, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So, and that was a closet between Sting and Nikita. They showed on that DVD, too. It was great. And John, did, and, and John says, of course, uh, this was before Nash and Hall arrived in WCW, of course, in the early days. And John does agree with what J.D. has to say about that match. Next up here, ah, we go back up. We go back up a little ways more recently here, J.D. WrestleMania 28, Hell in a Cell match, The Undertaker versus Triple H. What year is this? WrestleMania 28, Hell in a Cell, Undertaker versus Triple one H. One hell of a fight, however, one of the best Hell in a Cells in recent memory. I would agree. For Shawn Michaels being the uh, Referee in that match as well. And, of course, they're calling an unpredictable special guest referee in that match. Uh, John, your thoughts here? WrestleMania 28, Hell in a Cell, Undertaker versus Triple H. They found the Iceman, Jared DiGiromo, and they chose to sign him to the ring. <laughs> John says, what can you say about this match? Undertaker versus Triple H for Shawn Michaels as the guest ref. And both men at their ages did prove that they can choke Sam JD, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and they can still go. And it was truly the end of an era, and the first time the Undertaker had his hair done in the Mohawk style. That was an interesting hairdo that Undertaker had in that match. All right, we're going to go back once again a little ways here, JD. Starcade 1992. King of Cable Tournament Finals, Sting versus Big Van Vader. Good match, an intense one. However, I believe it's on one of the Sting DVDs. I can't remember if it's Into the Light. I can't hear you a little bit there, but I might need this. Sorry. I don't know if that was Into the Light or the best of Sting. It was on that DVD, however. But a really good match. And I think that was the last time that Starcade was held in the Omni. Uh... Yeah. It it does okay. It does not say, but 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 I believe that is that it was legendary arena there in Atlanta. Yeah, yes. Uh, because they did it in '85, they did it in '86. '87 was in Chicago. It was in Norfolk. '89 was in the Omni. I remember that. '90 was in St. Louis. '91 was '90. Yeah, '92 because '93 the next year they went to Charlotte. I remember because. Um, like I said, how are, uh, I'll, I'll, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. Hold on a second. Okay. In the meantime, uh, Anil was asking about a couple of our stories that we brought up here earlier. Uh, John is saying, of course, he's saying about wow that Karangan will be wrestling at TLC this Sunday after 10 years. And also, uh, Anil, it's actually a three-on-five match. It's not four-on-four. It's three-on-five. Three, it's, it's three, it's three yeah, Starcade 85, 86, 89, the first War Games match in 87, and uh, also in 92. Like I said, they built the arena. Right. Mm-hmm. Broken Marcus in 1, 
Uh, mind you, October 72, however, they uh, opened it up to the public, however, closed May of 97, and then July of 97, they demolished it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, dear J.D. Um, and John did also say that he did love this match as well. I mean, he's right now talking to Anil, clarifying him about the – making it clear to him about what the situation is, of course, with the match to heels. Some of the big things that happened at the Omni. Frank Sinatra three times played there. Uh, Deep Purple played twice there, however. Led Zeppelin performed there on their perfectly commercial successful final tour of the U.S. Elvis Presley, between 73 and 76, played 12 times. And Metallica was the last concert there, believe me. And J.D. did a dancer team there. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> I did. And, uh, and, and John threw tomatoes at him there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, we got a little fun here. We got, we're going to do two or three more before we close out the evening here. Um, number 55 here. The WWE title match from SummerSlam 2013, pitting John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. J.D., your thoughts here? Good match and uh, very intense, however. With two <laughs> you cannot argue that. Very, very good match. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm sure you remember this was the one where Triple H gave a pedigree to Daniel Bryan. Randy Orton had the money in the bank, and boom, that's how Randy Orton became the champion. John, your take here. John said the Yes Movement versus the C Nation. This is one of the best SummerSlam matches. But Daniel Bryan, this moment after he he won the WWE title. And was ready to start the new era. Randy Orton and Triple H snatched it all away from him. I would agree. I would definitely agree. All right, a uh, couple more here. Uh, J.D., uh, I'm sure you recall this match here. Hardcore match from WrestleMania 22 is number 54, hitting Mick Foley versus Edge. J.D. Sorry, what was this match again? The hardcore match from WrestleMania 22 versus Mick Foley, Mick Foley pitting Mick Foley versus Edge. Great match in Chicago, and these guys actually tore it down in Chi-Town. John, your thoughts here on the hardcore match? WrestleMania 22, Mick Foley versus Edge, uh, where they slammed J.D. through a fiery table. I don't know why I keep using you for the butt of the jokes, J.D., but... Don't worry about it. John says Edge and Mick Foley... John has moments of that match where Edge used a flaming table spear on Mick Foley and also on JD, by the way. <laughs> there I go again. And Edge being a human pin cushion with, with the thumbtacks as well. But what a match between the two. I would definitely agree. Number 53. Oh, okay. Um, I think I think uh, uh, you might recall this one here, JD. Uh SmackDown, September 18th, 2003, the 60-minute the Iron Man match for the WWE title, Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. Absolutely amazing. These two uh, stole the show at WrestleMania 19, and then to go in an Iron Man match again, however, down the road and see these two in an Iron Man match, once again, incredible. Certainly. I would... I would uh, 
I would definitely agree here. And I'm looking at a picture uh, advertising Total Divas, new season starting up on November the 1st, and I am seeing on the Bellas, Natalia and Naomi, some of the most funkiest outfits I have ever seen. Yeah, I've seen that one. And it's really common. No, he's going. And surprisingly, I said one of the bells is a mother, believe it or not. Hey, she can still wear that pretty well, I guess. There you go. John, your thoughts on this match here? SmackDown, September 03, the Iron Man match between Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. I take a look at my enormous Johnson. That's a, a song I heard on the radio. Someone was making fun of something. Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay, JD. John says Brock and Kirk, 60 minutes, first time in live television. That, that, that's, that's, that. Of course, of course, it's never been done prior to that. Yes, John, I would agree with that. I want to wait for JD to return. Like I said, we'll, we'll do, we'll talk about one. One more iconic match here before we end in, in the night. But let's take care of this here one more time. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. Yes, this is a this is a late edition of episode four hundred four WWS Revolution. Uh, of course, uh, Friday, October twentieth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for starting this. Normally, like we're already off the air by this time. But uh, due to a a, circum, a circumstance that that, that uh, involving talk show, uh, we have since now got the problem resolved. Uh, that's why we, I was doing we were doing all we can to try to get get the show up and going, but we did, could not get the show started until like about five minutes before 10, 8, 10 p.m. The night, Eastern tonight. So like I said, we are we were, we were going to prolong it through like I said from 10 until 12 here this evening. Uh, once again, Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw here with you, along with the Iceman, J.D., Jared DiGirolamo, and the human supposed machine, John Gross, of course, both from WWS Wall Radio every Monday afternoon, as well as, of course, um, we did have the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, during our live video feed. Unfortunately, we lost the live video feed as well. We don't know what happened there, but, of course, we'll definitely uh, get that problem resolved and have it working in time here for this weekend. Also, Neil Patel is on, our, is on our chat box here tonight here as well. We do thank you for coming on as well. I also want to thank, the, once again, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. All right, I'm back. Was, was on momentarily. Okay, J.D. Was on momentarily, but uh, due to a uh, due to uh, um, losing, losing power, she was she would not stay on as well. But we do thank her. We do, of course, thank her for coming on here this evening here as well. Uh, <clears throat> and I can tell you right now, there will be a game seven. Okay, thank you very much, there, JD. Uh, New York seven to one tonight. So I yeah, believe tomorrow we will see who wins it all. Oh, We'll definitely watch. We'll definitely be able to keep our eyes open on it. And of course, John said for the last match, he says it was one of the best SmackDown matches in history and the first time since 1999. And the championship changed hands. The next big thing conquered the Olympic hero. Yes, indeed. John, by the way, I need to ask, and 
And, J.D., I'll need you to try to get a hold of Fonzie and ask him this. Because of the change in the Finn Balor-AJ Styles match at TLC, uh, John, do you want to just keep your – did you – well, obviously, Bray Wyatt is not going to be competing. Do you want to keep – did you want to go switch it with Finn Balor, or did you want to take AJ Styles in this match? And, J.D., you'll need to contact Fonzie and ask him. Yeah, I'll, I'll get in touch with him sometime tomorrow. Okay. And then I'll call you sometime tomorrow before out uh, power hour and let you know what's going on. And I'll see okay. if we can on the yep. power hour. If not, I'll message you. And John is going along with you, JD. He's going to say AJ this time. So right now, like I said, we'll need to find out from Fonzie because of this change here. Um, and Fonzie, I think, was going with. Um, and also, John, the three on five handicap match. Are you going to go with? Uh, Ambrose Rollins and Kurt Angle, or are you going with Team Miz in that three-on-five match? I know that was originally set as a bet between you, JD, and, and also John as well. But but since this happened, apparently this has been a change here. John is also going to, is going to stick around with you, JD. He's going to say Ambr- Ambrose Rollins and Kurt Angle. Yes. So there you go. All right. Thank you very much, here, John, for that. We have time to get one more match out of the way here. Hey, we're going, we're going to take it down to number fifty here. We'll stop. We'll stop there. We'll go a little bit past midnight if we have to. Uh, next up here, number fifty-two, JD, your take here on this match: a WCW title match from Starcade nineteen ninety-three, Vader versus Ric Flair. To be one of the top five, if not one of the top ten, no doubt about it. A great match. John, your take here on this match. WCW title, Starcade 93, Vader versus Flair. John does agree with JD. Okay. All right, next one, number 51 here. Ooh, speaking of WrestleMania 30, and JD can get some more insight on this if he was there. Of course, the match that was really, very hyped up here during this encounter, The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. JD, your thoughts? The shock of them all, however, in New Orleans, however, I mean, I can remember... It was like a funeral in that place when that happened. I mean, that was maybe the shock of the year, one of the most shocking moments in WrestleMania history. Just an incredible match. Yes, indeed. Uh, John, and I think he might be uh, he might be getting ready to leave here. But John says for 21 WrestleManias, Undertaker have been dominant, defeating everybody from. Jimmy Snuka, Jake Roberts, Giant Gonzalez, King Kong Bundy. Diesel, Psycho Sid, Kane on two occasions, Big Boss Man. Uh, Triple H three times, uh, Ric Flair, A-Train, Randy Orton, Batista, Mark Henry, Edge, Shawn Michaels twice, and CM Punk. But of course, all streaks have to be broken at some point. That's what happened. So there you go. Good, good thoughts there. They're all around here, guys. And one more here. Speaking of, and we stay with The Undertaker. I think, J.D., you might recall this one as well. Uh, 
The Hell in a Cell match, King of the Ring, 1998, The Undertaker versus Mankind. The greatest Hell in a Cell match, bar none. I've said there. And John says, about the last match, he said, nothing lasts forever, and that's what happened at WrestleMania 30, when Brock broke everyone in the fans' hearts and broke the streak. John, did you have a take on Hell in a Cell from King of the Ring 98, that Undertaker versus Mankind? KD, and John says, KD will get no argument from him. Hell in a Cell between Mankind and Undertaker, that was a war. I would, I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. And we're going to get, like I said, we're halfway through the list here now, guys. Uh, not a bad compilation so far of the first, of the first uh, 50 here from from 50 down to 100 there. But, of course, next week we'll start with number 49 and work our way up to number one. Hopefully finishing this up here during, uh, of course, Revolution and Wolfpack here next week. Uh, but all in all, like I said, and I have looked over the list here. The list is pretty darn interesting from 49 down to number one. I will not say, of course, I will not give any leads as to who who is in this as well, who is, who, who is of course, um, the other matches that are involved here. But I can tell you, you're going to have, you have some classic ones here indeed. And, of course, there might be some that I might, you might be surprised that are not on, on this list. So, um, of course, I was kind of surprised about that too, but we'll definitely have to wait and see here, like I said, as we start back up Tuesday night, next Tuesday night on Revolution. Of course, um, if, with Tom Allotted, of course, we'll be talking about, of course, the aftermath of TLC and also next Monday night's Raw. Um, but, of course, we'll definitely get a few more of these out of the way as well. We'll try to get everyone's opinion about it, everybody from Bonzi to Michelle, of course, JD and John and all this and all that. But I do appreciate everyone popping on here this week. Of course, JD, John, Michelle, um, um, Fonzie, of course, even our friend. Um, uh, I think what was it Wednesday night? JD uh, uh, Todd came on and gave his thoughts on some of these as well. So I do thank everyone for giving their their, their opinions on this. And you can go back and listen to some of these guys, some of these, uh, some of these um, uh, opinions here as well. And like I said, the list is on WWE.com if you want to go back and find it there as well. Uh, John did mention one other thing here about the Hell in a Cell match from King of the Ring 98. He says, Mick Foley being thrown off the cell not once but twice, chokeslam, thumbtacks. John says it shows how courageous Mick Foley is. John doesn't know if he would would ever survive the first fall if they threw him off that cell. And uh, Josh said we, he will be back on Monday afternoon. And, uh, and John, we will see you then there as well, sir. We do appreciate that. Thank you very much. On that note here, guys, I do want to thank everyone for, for bearing with us and being a part of this, I will just say this tape delay, episode 404 of the Mothership WWS Revolution. Of course, we have two more to go here, of course, which will be, of course, Saturday at the small afternoon at 4 p.m., We'll have, of course, WWS Power Hour, as we will definitely bring you all the moments here from the radio network here this week, including, of course, our wrestling history here for for uh, tomorrow, as well as, of course, our thoughts about the number of downloads, according to TalkShoe.com. Uh, 
And also, of course, this Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m., a special edition of Revolution. Uh, we, of course, will be coming, live video will be coming from Lucha U.S. and from Underground. We'll definitely be talking about in detail about our thoughts and opinions about who will win each of the matches at TLC 2017. Of course, now we've even factored in the changes that have been made. And just to reiterate those changes one more time, Kurt Angle is going to be returning to the ring. Yes, you heard that correctly. Hall of Famer and Raw General Manager Kurt Angle is going to be returning to the ring here as he will take the place of Roman Reigns and team up with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, take on the five-man contingent of The Miz, <coughs> Cesaro, Sheamus, Kane, and Braun Strowman. And also, of course, the other match has been changed is the match pitting it was originally scheduled to be Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, but because due to Bray Wyatt's illness, um, AJ Styles from SmackDown has been brought brought in to take his place, and AJ will take on Finn Balor, which I'm sure it will be another big-time classic matchup there indeed. Um, and, of course, because of the change here, J.D. and John is sticking with the Shield and Kurt Angle to win that their match Sunday, as well as, of course, J.D. and John is is uh, is is has now changed their answers. Uh, JD was originally going to go for Finn Balor, but now he's going to go with AJ Styles. Uh, John and I'm going to get rolling here on that note. I, I didn't hear my you. eyes open as much as I want to stay on for the last little couple seconds. I am going to crash out, so I will let you know what he says tomorrow. I'll try to get a hold of him tomorrow, and I'll try to get a hold of you sometime tomorrow and let you know what's going on. Okay, J.D., thank you very much for sir coming. Have a great evening, sir. Rest well. We'll talk about you here tomorrow on Power Hour. All right, sounds good. Have a good night. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you want, that was Iceman, J.D., Jerry Drama. We do thank you for coming on here as well. <clears throat> but, of course, like I said, uh, J.D. and John Napa pick A.J. Styles to win that match over Finn Balor. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll get everyone's take on this as well. Hopefully, like I said, we'll get to hear from King and W.O. and the Black Widow, as well as the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, about their picks for each match here uh, on uh, on our prediction show this Sunday afternoon at 5, special edition of Revolution. Of course, like I said, a live video feed from Lucha U.S. Ultimate Underground. Be sure to join us for that. On that note, I do want to thank the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo, and the Super Machine, John Gross, Neil Patel and the last ticker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, for joining us here um, <clears throat> for our, our delayed version of, like I said, of Revolution episode number 404. Uh, again, like I said, due to a, due to a, a certain circumstance here, uh, we, uh, we kind of lost, uh, uh, lost an hour there, so we did not start the show until 10 o'clock Eastern. So we said we were going to go from 10 to 12, and we did. So... I do thank everyone for, for bearing with us here and coming on and giving their thoughts and opinions on everything that happened here, of course, uh, here in the wrestling world. Uh, of course, during our wrestling news, abuse, history, and birthdays, of course, I know once again, happy uh, 59th birthday to the one and only Hall of Famer, Razor Ramon himself, Scott Hall. This is Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw for, like I said, the Iceman, Gary Girolamo. The Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, the English Suplex Machine, John Gross, <clears throat> Anil Patel, and the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, uh, saying thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Power Hour, uh, 141364 pounds. 
as well as, of course, we will talk. Of course, we also have uh, our prediction show Sunday afternoon, one three eight oh five five pound for TLC two thousand and seventeen. Revolution is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com, where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Thank you very much for listening here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you in the ring. And, of course, here, take care of yourselves and each other. And, as always, here in the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless everyone. Have a terrific evening. Good night, all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.